Well, I don't know if Rob's got a scarf on. You got a scarf on today there? No, but you got a, like a little sweatshirt or something going on. I always have a coat on, yeah. even if it's like 70 degrees. <laughs> Doug came in today, not with muff, uh, uh, earmuffs and uh, uh, a woolly hat, but it's getting cold out yeah, there. Yeah, it was definitely a cold start to the morning, Rob. A but wo- no frost yet. We're going to talk about that. All right, but there were some snowflakes today. Listen, we're going to begin, as we always do, on the Organic Garden by giving you an opportunity to win a $25 gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford. And if you are the 10th caller right now, Samantha McGill will get that 10th caller, and that person will win that gift certificate. So the 10th caller wins it at 412-922-1020. You're actually going to go out in the garden today? I have to. I always wait to the last minute. i got to bring everything. You know, the the rain actually, who would have thunk (laughs) that I'd still have to be watering hanging baskets? And and I didn't water them. You know, I was just like, okay. And then the rain just kind of reinvigorated them. I'm going to bring those in the greenhouse. i got to plant bulbs. I'm going to plant garlic. I I got... uh, some Swiss chard yesterday, white turnips, uh, a couple different types of kale uh, from a nursery, and those are all going to go in the ground today in, in protected spots in the uh, cold frame, and it's not too late. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of bulbs to plant, and we'll get started on that today. Uh, but I've got a, a great guest today, uh, my friend Jordan Molino. She's Associate Director of Exhibits at Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens. She designs most of the shows, and uh, Holiday Magic, the winter flower show and light garden, opens Friday. So we're going to talk all about what it takes to put one of these shows together. That's that's a holiday tradition to uh, to go to Phipps for the winter flower show. It is it is absolutely amazing. She is one of the most creative people that I know, and I'm looking forward to picking her brain a little bit about putting that show together. And I have a very special speaking gig tomorrow, 5:30 p.m. At Penn Hills Library, this is the first time I've done anything like this, talking about this botanic artist that I've uh, been obsessed with since 2015. Her name is Marianne North. She was also an explorer during the Victorian era and oil painter, and she went all around the world uh, as a, a single woman in the Victorian era uh, to, to places you, you can't believe, Uh and painted the flora and fauna and landscapes, and it's uh, just amazing work. I was introduced to her. The first trip I ever did was 2015. I took people to England for the uh, uh, Chelsea Flower Show. and We went to Kew Gardens, and there's just this little kind of indescript building. And it just says Marion North Gallery. And I walked in, and there's over 800 paintings, and they're hung in this Victorian style, which even by the time the gallery opened, it was already out of style. All the paintings are just stacked next to each other. You know, the entire wall walls of every part of the gallery are just filled with her paintings, and it's it's rather overwhelming, actually. But the work is so interesting, and it's it's separated by where she went. You know, she came to the U.S. first, and then Japan, Singapore, um, just just all over the place and just amazing work. And so I've put together a little show uh, to talk about her life and and lots of her paintings. And Penn Hills Library has got this, uh, had ordered this book in that shows all her work. And it's I think it's really going to be fun. So tomorrow, 530, Penn Hills Library. I hope you could make it. Uh, and then yesterday morning, I had an amazing day. I visited uh, a farm in Homewood. It's called the Black Urban Gardeners and Farmers of Pittsburgh Co-op, uh, run by my friend Kweba. 
She's growing fresh produce for the community, and it's all part of my work with Farm to Table by Local. We harvested some garlic that was still hanging around there, and it was amazing. It was, it was, it was probably I don't know twenty feet by three feet of just filled with big garlic cloves as we were pulling that stuff out, and they still had some hot peppers going in like a hoop house, and a thing called mizuna, this purple tasty mizuna. And it's kind of a mustard green, really tasty, just just right out of the garden that loves cold weather. Uh, across the street from this garden, this is in Homewood, this is in the city, uh, they have pawpaw trees growing, other fruit trees, and this amazing large apiary, which means bees. And it's managed by uh, Maurice Wooford. He's an organic gardener and beekeeper, and we had some time together to talk about bees and talk about the garden. It was really fun, but... They are getting killed by groundhogs. And, you know, dealing with one groundhog in the country is different than dealing with a lot of groundhogs in the city. Do you have any ideas for me and for them uh, about how to deal with those groundhogs? If you've had any success, uh, you could either go to my Facebook page or go to DougOster.com and click on the contact button. I would love to hear if you had any any way we could figure out, because it's all fenced, but groundhogs can climb, too. That's part of the problem. And as I said at the top of the show, in my garden at least, no killing frost. And November 13th, that's, again, it's, last week I thought it was a record. But I will be, I will be running out there today and, and bringing, out any, bringing in anything that I want to save that's tender. Uh, it was it, At my place this morning, it was about 41. Uh, and, again, you know, I'm going to be planting all sorts of stuff. And this is the last week for my... Contest to win the Twin Sisters daffodil bulbs. Uh, Twin Sisters was released in 1500s. Most of the flowers have two flowers. That's why they call it Twin Sisters. And if you have an interesting story about either being a twin sister or something related to twins and you would like to plant these bulbs, just send me a message at dougoster.com. Click on the contact button and write me a little bit about why you should why you want to grow those i've got a few bulbs that i can send out and uh we did this contest last year and i'm going to cut, try and do it every year if i can get the bulbs they're very rare very hard to find it's a late bloomer and a long bloomer uh really cool and and very fragrant too and the funny thing about it too even though they're twins it can throw triplets it can throw quadruplets i saw a, a bloom last year with four flowers on it and so it's pretty cool and my first trip to Tuscany sold out. We're going next October. Uh, we only have a couple more weeks to sell this next trip uh, because it's, it's filling up quick. Uh, my second trip will be the week after in October. And it's my off-the-beaten-path Italy trip. You know, we're seeing Florence and Pisa, but all these cool hill towns and learning to cook Italian style, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, if you're interested... Just go to dogoster.com, take a look at it. I did a webinar uh, all about every stop, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Mrs. Know-It-All, when she comes on later, she's going to talk all about apples and how to use them. This is the uh, primetime apple season. You know, we think uh, apples, I always think sorghums, the, the good apples, the best apples. Uh, and so, yeah, boy, what a cold start to the morning. It's I don't know why I always wait to the last minute. <laughs> I got some poinsettias out in the greenhouse that I have to bring in. Again, you know, I gotta, I'm not supposed to bring any more plants in. <laughs> uh, but I keep sneaking them into the 
I've got one table that uh, right in the window that that has all the plants on there. And uh, like I said, I've got a, a giant. Uh, last year, a Bidwell Training Center gave me this giant poinsettia, and I've kept it going since last year. And it's 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 like two trees. <laughs> you, when I do put it in the window, you can't see the bird feeder, so I have to find a place place for it, uh, put it somewhere. So, who's coming up? My friend Jordan Molino. She is awesome. She's the associate director of exhibits at Phipps, and we're going to talk all about the Winter Flower Show and Light Garden. That Light Garden uh, is growing and growing and growing every year outside. If, if you got kids or grandkids, they'll be blown away by it. I can't wait to talk about it with her. We'll have her and a whole lot more still to come. Doug Oster, DougOster.com, The Organic Gardener, Rough Rat Sunday, KDKA Radio. And Doug right now ready to welcome his guest to the Organic Gardener. So, Doug, if you will. I am so excited to welcome Jordan Molino from Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens. She designs most of the shows and is uh, designed Holiday Magic, the Winter Flower Show, and Light Garden, which opens Friday. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? Good morning, Doug. I'm Great. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad to have you because you are one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. Uh, how you put those shows together is amazing. Could you tell people how long you've been working on this show? Uh, yeah. So we work on our shows for over a year before um, they get into the conservatory. So it's been over a year in the making. And when people come to, to Phipps, which I, you know, I love all the shows that you do. But there's something about holiday magic uh, that it's just it's just a tradition for people to come see. Uh, talk about some of the stuff that you've you've uh, put in place there that you're excited about that you want people to see. I am so excited for this year's show. The theme is Arctic Adventure, and this really takes visitors on a uh, fantastical journey uh, with lots of topiary animals, including reindeers, polar bears. Um, we even have a display of a giant whale in our Victoria Pond, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> It'll be spurting water, and uh, uh, we have a glowing iceberg as well. So it's just going to be a really cool display, um, and it's just it's phenomenal. And I always am I'm introduced to an interesting, unique poinsettia or several poinsettias when I come see the show. What's in there that, that I should be looking for that, uh, you've fallen in love with. Yeah, I always love introducing new poinsettias in the show every year. Um, this year we have 19 different varieties. Um, one of the favorites in the last few years has been a new variety on the market called Christmas Mouse. Um, and Christmas Mouse Red was the first introduction. It has uh, round leaves and round bracts. So this year new on the market is Christmas Mouse Pink. Very cute and very pink. Oh, I love it. I always love uh, checking out what you, you choose for the poinsettias. Now, here's from uh, from the website, and th- this to me is Jordan. A unique floral color scheme of pink, orange, lime green, yellow, purple <laughs> to complement whim- whimsical what narwhals is that right? And unicorn narwhals. and unicorns yep. amid um, multicolored <laughs> trees and icy ponds. Uh, that's quite a color scheme there, Jordan. <laughs> well, Doug, narwhals are the unicorns of the sea. Um, so, <laughs> so we have a cute, we have a cute display of uh, four narwhal topiaries that'll be kind of coming out of the, uh, the frozen ponds in our serpentine room. 
And then, of course, to complement that unicorn colored co- uh, planting scheme of pinks, oranges, yellows, lime greens, <laughs> uh, it'll be very fun. Well, that that's what I like about what you do is it is so fun. You know, when you think of holiday colors, there's some standard colors, but I just I love how you throw all these different colors in. You know, I want to go back a little bit to the poinsettias and and some of the other plants that that you discover that you use in there. Is this just a a constant thing for you? Are you, are you always looking at new introductions? At how are you finding the different plants that you you know will be used for the right place in the in the right time? Oh yeah, I start looking at our poinsettia catalog starting in January uh, for the upcoming year. And still always list the new varieties on the market. So I'm always looking to introduce at least two, two or three of those into the show every year. Um, another one that will be really fun um, this year is called Orange Glow. Um, it has been on the market for the last couple of years, but it's new and improved, and it's bright orange. Um, and I've paired it with blue pansies for a, for a very vibrant contrast. Um, it just went into the show this past Thursday and Friday, and it is gorgeous, bright orange, very vivid, very cool. So the show opens Friday. Is it being installed now, or, or is there a start on installation at a certain point? And then I've seen this happen, and I think this is fascinating, too, is that you have it drawn out for, for, for installing, but it doesn't always go exactly as the drawing, right? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> There's always that last, you know, 5% tweak to make it uh, new and improved in the room itself. Um, But, yeah, I do have everything drawn out that includes a planting plan, a props plan, and uh, there's always that last-minute tweaks. If some plants are taller or smaller than we think, there's always a little rearrangement in the room. Um, But we are still installing it. Uh, This Thursday will be the last day that we install and the show opens Friday at 9.30 in the morning, so we'll be ready by then. Absolutely. So I know that's going to be a crazy week for you. Let's talk a little bit about the light garden. Can you remember how many years the light garden's been there? Because I can't, and it's just it's one of my favorite additions to the Winter Flower Show. Oh, boy, yeah. I think we're going on year 10. This might Jeez, be year 10, really? Doug. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, start, it's, yeah. it started out with... Uh, how would you explain those shapes? They're the coolest. It's not a traditional, I don't know how to explain it, but these, those, it started with those kind of interesting the shapes. Orbs. Orbs, orbs, yes. right. And it's so yes. cool. And it's been built around that. Uh, it, just, just paint us a picture of, of the, uh, the light garden. Cause it's, it's, like I said, it's just one of my favorite places. Yeah, of course. So inspired by, uh, shapes in nature and and in the garden as well. So um, we have a series of orbs and spheres um, and cones that look like almost like a clipped topiary garden, but in lights. And uh, every year we continue to add to it. And um, the the lights display in our outdoor garden and discovery garden just really enhance the beauty of the garden in the wintertime. It's one of my favorite times to look out and see the shapes of the um, uh, magnolia trees, oak trees, or beech trees. Um, it's just absolutely stunning, especially when it snows outside and there's just a blanket of snow covering everything. This year, we have an all-new feature. It's a 50-foot-long tunnel of lights, 
And it's made out of um, what looks like neon lighting, but it's actually LEDs. And it's really cool. It'll be a nice contrast with kind of like the small twinkling lights that we have throughout the garden. This will be absolutely bright and stunning and include uh, big flowers made out of decorative uh, fabric and uh, lit trees as well. So it'll almost feel like you're walking through a garden, a tunnel of uh, flowers and trees and um, really puts you in the mood for being outside in the wintertime. Well, we got about a minute left, Jordan, and it's important for people to know that this is a popular attraction, and so you want to call first, right, before you come? Absolutely. Um, It's best to get your tickets in advance, and I would recommend doing it sooner than later um, because some of the more popular times on Thursday, Friday, Saturday evenings tend to fill up very quickly. Um, So call or reserve your tickets online and uh, um, get your get your tickets now. All right, Jordan. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting up early, although I assume you're already up with a little little. I kid. was already up. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody get out to Phipps starting Friday and, and see this amazing show. It's, uh, it's just going to be stunning, and it's a great tradition. Thanks again, Jordan. All right, good stuff, Doug. Good stuff, Jordan. All right, we're going to get to your phone calls now. So it's, uh, hey, things you can do during the off-season when it comes to gardening, and there are so many things to get to, plus things that he's still doing in his garden and more. So if you have a question for Doug, now would be the time to call. All of our lines are available. We'll get to you in just a couple of minutes after Rob checks that news at 7.30. It is 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. Rob Pratt Sunday and the Organic Gardener, Doug Oster, continues in minutes. All right, uh, here he is once again, Doug Oster, and it's the Organic Gardener, Rob Pratt Sunday. What we do always to begin the second half hour, we give you an opportunity to win a gift certificate to Janoski's and Clinton. So if you're the 10th caller, 412 412- Nine two two ten twenty. You know, I stopped out at the farm yesterday and went into the office to pick up some information and just kind of in the parking lot there looking out over the fields. This is kind of a, a peaceful time in the farming industry, is it not, Doug? Well, when I heard your uh, description of all the things they have at Janoski's, it sounds to me like they're still picking and, and everything, even though we've, I'm sure they must have had a frost out there. But when I think of uh, Brussels sprouts, yeah. when you said Brussels sprouts, when you go to like a Janoski's, they're they're on the stem still. That's the best the Brussels best. sprout you'll ever have in your life. And uh, yeah, I mean it's starting to slow down. I'm glad for them that it's starting to slow down. You know, get get a little bit of a break. They, you know, all our our sponsors, they work so hard. Uh, and uh, you know, you and I both have had the luxury of being able to be out in the fields right. and see what they do. And it's pretty magical. I think, you know, it's, it's something that you do, believe it or not, just cause you love to do it, that, yeah. you know, cause it, I can't imagine having a real job like that where you really have to work and carry things <laughs> and keep things running and everything. I just like to, like you, just sit here and blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it is such a tranquil place, though. And when you're by yourself and you, you get near the fields or get out on the fields and, you know, uh, the night days are getting shorter and, you know, you just see nightfall. I don't know. I just, I absolutely love the place. Been doing it for over 35 years. Okay. Um, 866-391-1020 if you have a question for Doug. So today when you get out in this garden of yours, what in the world are you going to do besides cleaning it up? Oh, all sorts of things. You know, I, I have so many bulbs to plant. Uh, I've been out working for flowerbulbs.com and farm to table by local trying to uh, get bulbs planted in, in a lot of these gardens that uh, 
could use a little help and gardening with some kids. I had a great experience uh, planting bulbs up in Butler at Butler Catholic School and just, you know, trying to spread the word. But now I've got all these bulbs to plant myself. Uh, I'm actually most interested, well, maybe not most interested, but very interested in the Pittsburgh tulip, the one I talked about last week, because it's, it's Pittsburgh without the H, named for Pittsburgh, Kansas, but it's close enough for me. And it's a really beautiful two-tone tulip. And when I'm planting my tulips, the only place that I can plant them is the vegetable garden because it is fenced in. Deer love tulips. Um, that's why I plant so many daffodils outside that that fenced-in area. But the way I'm doing this, so, you know, I'm what they call a no-till gardener. And so instead of, and I, you know, for 20 years I tilled, and there's nothing wrong with tilling if that's what you want to do. You know, uh, there is a hundred different ways to do every garden job. If it works for you, then it works. Uh, but back when Jessica and I worked together, she read this book uh, called Teeming with Microbes by Jeff Lowenfels. He's a friend of ours. And the theory being that there's this underground network that we tear up when we till. And so I was very reticent to try this. I, I And this is a long time ago. This has got to be 15 years ago where I converted half my vegetable garden to no-till, which just means every time I plant, I just throw a couple inches of compost on top. And, it, and every year we do that, it builds up and up and up. And I found it to be a great way to garden. Uh, the stuff did great. It was, in my opinion, easier. Yes, you still have to bring in wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of, of compost, uh, but I, li- I like doing it. So I just converted it all to no-till. So in setting up my plan in the garden, I'm looking where my tomatoes are going to be next year, and that's where I'm planting my tulips today and tomorrow. So they'll come up. They'll put on their show in May, and then as they fade away, I put my tomato plants over them. I don't have to dig up the bulbs. And so since I rotate the tomatoes around, I've got tulips popping up all the time <laughs> in the vegetable garden. You know, I, I, if we have time, I want to talk a little bit about hydrangeas too because, again, in that vegetable garden, I've had to move so many things in there because it's the only protected area from the deer. The deer have become worse and worse and worse. And you know, the, the other th- interesting thing, when I talked about that garden, I was in, in Homewood yesterday. I'm standing there, and right in the middle of the city, there's a buck and a doe just treating me the same way my deer treat me. Like, who are you and why are you here? Because we're not afraid of you. And so for my tulip garden, I'll put it in that fenced-in area, you know, the tulips love that soil uh, because the one thing about planting your bulbs that you want is you want the soil to dry out afterwards. And so these beds are all made of compost. They drain really well, but they also retain some water too. Uh, tulips, for the most part, I kind of consider them annuals. You get a couple years out of them, you're lucky. Now, my neighbor, God rest his soul, he had... 40-year-old, 50-year-old Darwin tulips. They were planted under a, a, a beech, beech birch tree, and it was mulched with gravel. That's a place for bulbs because that, that's where it's really going to dry out. So when you're thinking of a spot to plant your bulbs, you, they need to dry out during the summer. Rob, is there a call? Yes, we've got some good news, so we got some calls. Let's go to Nancy in Butler. You're on KDK. Hi, Nance. Uh, hello. 
I wanted to ask about my uh, lavender plant that I have out in my garden, and if, if the dry, you know, it's dried out now, the uh, the blooms. Do I trim it back, or do I just let it be? If it was me, I would just l- let it be. I'm sure Mrs. Know-it-all might have a different opinion of that. We'll we'll ask her when she comes on. But if it was me, I would just let it be. Uh, has it come back for a year after year, or is this the yes. first? Okay, yes, it you're, seems you're, to just yes, it does. You're in good shape then, because you have it out in the sun and probably have good drainage. That's what lavender loves. And okay. if it was me, I would just let it be. We'll see what Mrs. Know-it-all has to say, though. She's the lavender expert, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you. And speaking of Mrs. Know-it-all, we're going to get to her after the break, got about a minute before the break. So what else? Well, she's going to talk all about apples. And, you know, Mrs. Know-it-all is a great cook. She preserves all her vegetables and fruits and stuff. So we're going to, we're going to go through the, the uh, everything you need to know about apples and using them and I hope she's going to talk a little bit about apple pie because there's nothing like fresh. There's nothing like fresh apples. You know, we we you you get used to just you know an apple that's been shipped from somewhere, but you go to a place again, you know, like a Sorgles that, that has apple trees, and there's ten, fifteen different types of apples, and each one has their own special flavor and texture, and the coming right off the tree, they're just amazing. They're, it's just, just like anything out of the garden. Apples always make me smile. I love it. You have a favorite, Golden Delicious, Granny Smith, Washington. What do you like? Pink Lady. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was one that I learned about at Sorgles. Uh, from, I went out and did a, a thing on pruning, you know, in the spring, a story about pruning, and was taught about Pink Lady. And so that's that's it's it's an heirloom, and I love heirlooms, and it just has a... It's a, you know like anything, no accounting for taste. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody has something else that they love, and Pink Lady is mine. All right, so short break. We'll come right back. Mrs. Know It All waiting in the wings, and again, Doug Oster. Next hour, holiday baking. Joan Frank Dentisi, Coons Cooking Hour. Then Baird, your money and you. And then today, it's the uh, Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show after local news at eleven. KDK Radio. Well, from the old clock on the wall, guess who's back? It's that time again. Time for Mrs. Know-it-all. That's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber. And before we get to apples, what about lavender? Should it be cut back before the winter or left alone? You know, I have, I'm trying to think, seven or eight varieties of lavender growing on a retaining wall in my driveway, which just loves it there. So lavender likes a really well-draining soil. Mine's almost in pure gravel. There is a little bit of soil. The only thing I cut are the uh, spent flowers. And actually, until last night, I still had lavender (laughs) blooming its head off. (laughs) So I don't like to cut into anything that's woody. Um, that should have been done in the spring uh, afterwards. So I would let it go until springtime because what happens is if you start cutting, you can get a fungus in the stems and it can actually kill your lavender. So I would wait for that. Always cut when your flowers are done. Give them a haircut, just the flower stems. And then in the fall, you can get a second flush of lavender blooms, which is what I got. And then I will just cut them off. I won't cut into the stems at all. Do you have a favorite lavender? <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> um, I like I like Sensational, which is a new one. I like Super Blue, which is really a deep purple blue. 
and it holds its color really well when you dry it. Um, I just planted Grosso, so I can't say one way or another. Uh, so we'll have to see come springtime. But, you know, they multiply. I let them reseed on the wall. So I actually have a Munstead, uh, which is probably, mm, I'd say, at least two foot wide now. And it just and it's only been in there for about three years. So I let them go. But if you don't want them, yeah, cut the seed heads off. Don't worry. I let them lay there, actually. So let's talk apples. What did you want? What did you want to talk about when you thought about apples? Well, you know what? We're coming up on Thanksgiving and, you know, the rest of the holidays. And apple pie and applesauce, you know, that's everybody's favorite. So something I learned from Randy Sorgel a few years ago is when you're making apple pie, you actually want to use the same apple. through. You don't want to mix apples for a pie. And the reason is you actually want them to be able to bake at the same time time. You don't want a a soft apple and then, you know, something like a uh, Granny Smith because you don't get the texture and the flavor that you want in a pie. So you always want to use the same apple for pies. So when you're doing that, um, there's there's tons and tons of apples. And oh, something else Randy told me. So when they pick them like in the summer, those are apples that are good for eating but they're not really good for pie. So you might want to remember that when you go. And when you go, tell them you're making apple pie rather than, you know, just asking for apples. But if you're making applesauce, ask them for a mix of apples. You can mix your own too. So so for applesauce, you can use a mix of Honeycrisp, Rayburn and Golden Delicious for the best flavor. And when I make applesauce, I like chunky uh, applesauce. Mm. Not everybody does. I don't add cinnamon or anything to it because then I can add that later on. What is the applesauce then if there's no cinnamon or anything? How do you make it? Applesauce? Oh, it's really simple. If you peel and core your apples, you cut them up, you put them in a a pan with a, a heavy bottom, uh, a quarter cup of water and then some lemon juice or fruit fresh I like to use, which uh, is a citric acid, keeps them from turning brown, and just start cooking them. And then you can add some sugar as you prefer, mm-hmm. you know, or you can add it towards the end and just start cooking it and mashing it. That's all there is to ap- applesauce is pretty pretty easy. I've never had homemade applesauce, and when you said kind of a chunkier one, that sounds interesting to me yeah well it's it's not super chunky but there's some chunks in it and i like my applesauce ice cold you know but there's tons of people that like it warmed so i'm not going to argue with them. you know it's like you know how you like your meat you either want it rare or you want it well done Mm -hmm. and then when you're doing pies you want to cut them into wedges and some of the best ones for that are branny um branny granny smith Ray Burns, Pink Ladies, and Mutsus. Mm-hmm. And again, I always use some of the fruit fresh or lemon juice, you know, just to keep them from turning brown. And then, like I said, you only want to pick one for your apple pies. You don't want to use two and, or three. And then for you, what do you do for the, how do you do the crust? Uh, 
I I actually on my Mrs. Know It All page I posted recipes and like three or four different crusts on there. I uh, do a two uh, crust pie, you know the traditional one. I'm not talented enough to do the lattice work, you know, because <laughs> I invariably break it, <laughs> you know. But you all, but you always want to, you know, kind of make some steam vents at the top. And when you're putting your apples in your pie, you kind of want to mound them. So, you know, they don't, as they cook, they do get a little softer and kind of collapse. So that way it looks like a pie instead of like a crater in the center. Mm, That sounds wonderful. Thank you, Denise. That's Mrs. Know-It-All. Now I'm answering questions after the show at DougOster.com. If you didn't get through or too shy to call. And then come see me tomorrow, Penn Hills Library, 530. I discover one of my favorite botanical artists. I'm looking forward to that so much. She's so awesome. Learn more about my new Tuscany trip and check out a cool bulb planting video at DougOster.com along with a great list of my favorite bulbs. We're ready to call it a a morning here, Rob? Call it a morning. It's a morning. (laughs) Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow in every garden you grow. I'm going out in the garden and starting to work. All right, stay with us. The news at 8 and then holiday baking and desserts with Joe and Frank on the Coons Cooking Hour. KDK Radio, Rob Taylor is next.